I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You say your perception style is the foundation of all your natural skills. Right. That's unique. I, w- I want you to unpack that for me. Sure. So what, what, what the concept is here is that because of how you see the world, there are going to be things that come naturally to you because it's okay. congruent with how you see the world and how you make meaning. Um, and because of that, now, none of us are born being able to do skills all, you know, so every skill takes learning, right? But the, the thing is, if, if the skill is aligned with how you see the world, then it's going to be easier for you to learn it in the first place. It's going to continue to grow. The more you use it, the richer and deeper and better it gets. And it's going to become part of the total repertoire of who you are. Welcome to Self Helpful. I'm your guide, Kevin Miller, and I curate the sea of new personal development messages to bring the most influential leaders onto this show. Join me as I question my guests to better understand their counsel so we can all integrate the wisdom into our lives because we all want to elevate our own experience and improve the way we show up for others. The Self-Helpful Podcast is presented by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping coaches. Visit Ziggler.com. Hello, Self-Helpful listeners. In this episode, How to Discern Objective Reality by understanding your inherent perception style. So there you are in a situation with some other people. Something happens, people react and respond differently. Later in the retelling of what happened, you hear someone telling a story that's incredibly off base. Someone else chimes in with, that's not what happened, this is. And you find yourself wanting to tell what really happened and you're exasperated at everyone else's misinterpretation of what actually went down. The issue at hand is we think what we experience is what really happened. That is fact. 
And guess what? That's how everyone else feels as well. If you're solving a crime, you need to get down to what really happened and prove it. In regular life, however, you're never going to prove anything, seldom at least, and it doesn't often matter. Things happen and we all have an inherent perspective style. We filter everything through that. This is how we experience the world. And it's not fact. It is just that. It's an experience. My guest and expert on this subject is Linda Ross Vega. Linda Ross spent her life in the high-end business world and partnered with clinical psychologist Gary Jordan to research and create the perception style theory to help individuals identify their strengths, appreciate human differences, and navigate challenges. So when their book, Unlock the Power of Your Perception, came across my desk, I knew I wanted to discuss it here on the show. I mean, we all, again, naturally believe our perception of the world and events is fact, when in truth, nobody can claim fact. And if you want healthy relationships, you're going to want to hear what Linda Ross and I cover in this show. Friends, you can also watch the full episode if you'd rather on YouTube. Just search for Self-Helpful with Kevin Miller. Linda, the, as they always talk about, you, people judge a book by its cover. And literally the title of your book, you guys had me. I was I was ready. I, I talk and my listeners know that so often we come up to this aspect of the stories that we tell ourselves, how we craft meaning around things. And, you know, but at the core is objective reality. There's often an objective reality. And then from that point on, we're making up a, a story about it. You're giving a different, well, I was gonna say perspective on it by saying, no, we have a, an, an, an inherent uh, perspective and that's new. Uh, that, I mean, I you know, that's why you guys wrote a book right. but aspect, but on just on that speak, start off by speaking just on uh, yeah objective reality, because I still feel like we all know the term, but I think we, we, as a culture, we don't really embrace that. The objective reality is, is a kind of a, a, a and it's the catalyst, but from that point on, we leave fact and reality. And I think we all, of course, we all think we live in reality and we don't tell, tell us about it. Well, it's interesting you bring it up because I think the thing that some would tell you is that there's no such thing as objective reality because the minute you have participated in it, you've now made it subjective. So it's now now what you think, right? So if we think about objective reality for us, the way we define it is it's the reality, the total, the total universe, right? It, reality and the rea the 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 truth of the matter is, is that we only have access to a small portion of that. So the minute we're interacting in reality, we're bringing our perspective to it, right? Yeah. So if objective reality is a giant hole, uh, we say that there's six ways of perceiving the world around you, then you would have access to one sixth of that. So other people are going to see other things. And I think the classic example of objective versus subjective reality is the basic premise for just about every TV crime show, right? There's yeah. some incident and there are X number of people who witness it and they all see something different. They see one person pays attention to what the person was wearing. Another one thinks that they were tall with dark hair. Another one says, no, I think they were stockier, but uh, they were running to the left. It's what we, you know, what's important to us is what we pick up on. And so the real story is the combination of what they all saw, right? But they each saw only one, one piece. 
Well, and it, thank you. And it's a psychology. Well, not, not even that. I guess that's the belief system is what I, I continue to come to because inherently, so I'll, I'll own this. Inherently, I see what happens, this objective reality thing that happens. Right. I see it. I perceive of it. And I think that that is fact. And, and, and that's what's so, you know, in, as I read your message and I've continued to dig into this, it's so, it's so daunting to, to realize that it's not fact. And when you bring it out, it, it almost, it feels invalidating almost as if we come out and say, okay, uh. look like that, the objective reality happens. And then 10 people saw this thing happen and everybody made up a story about it. it well, I don't, don't tell me that. I don't want to, it's true, but it feels invalidating, doesn't it? I, I, I guess it does to a certain extent the way you just said it. I, I like to think it's like, it, it's a fact, but it's your fact. And I also have a fact. And together we, we build a bigger picture of it, but it's not invalidating. You see what you see. It's real for you. It may just not be the same for me. And I think that that's the biggest thing about understanding human difference is that it's per what I see is perfectly good for me. I mean, it fits. It's right. It's right for me, but it may not be right for you. And so it's important to understand then, well, what did you see that I saw differently? Together, we'll figure it out. Well, okay, let's play with a real analogy. And I'm going to use one. I'm not going to get too in depth in, in gravity. I'll use a lighter weight one here. So I live out in the woods. Right. And we generally once or twice a year, uh, a bear will walk in. So we had that happen. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we had that happen, uh, gosh, probably two months ago. Two decent sized bears uh, wow. just saunter through. One of my kids saw it and they, and they saunter through. Well, I'm excited uh, when the bear comes on. I'm excited. You know, we're going to see it. Like, let's take a picture. And I know that the, if you look in Colorado, look in the Rocky Mountains, I mean, the amount of bear encounters are almost nil. I mean, it just rarely ever happens with a human. Now, they may get into your track right. or, or do something. And I've even had times about running. Uh, I did the consummate thing of running between a, mom and, and, and two cubs wow. and mom did nothing. And, you know, I was told later, okay, we hear the stories about grizzly bears, you know, up in the North right, right. black bears, they're not as territorial. They're not, not to minimize. Okay. But you can hear me. I've got all these stories going on. And then in a minute, I want to get into my inherent perspective, but I've got those. So I'm excited. It's nothing but joy and inspiration. And I'm like out on the deck and going, kids, come on. Now, meanwhile, as you can imagine, my wife does not feel quite the same way. She has a very different perspective and she's like, lock the doors, you know, get a gun. Uh, let's protect the kids. And the last thing she wants is me to invite all the kids out. Well, there you go. Right. right there. I'm excited. I don't want her to rain on my parade. And she has concern and she doesn't want me to minimize that. And how often do we end up in those places? And my first thought is just to justify as you would say, my truth, right? Right, right, right. And try and explain it and, and, sure. and share it. So that the, yeah. yeah, so, so that the other person feels it the same way you do, as mm -hmm. opposed to being able to say, okay, let's, let's sort of talk it out. How can we honor both perspectives before we do it? You know, and that takes work. It's so much easier <laughs> to just say, let's do it my way. It's just so much easier. Um, but it's the awareness that they're not going to see it the same way. So then you have well, something to work with. 
Okay. So this is where, uh, this is why I have you on the show though, because what we just talked about is, is not the first time I've talked about that, but I have tended to consider my viewpoint based on my, maybe somewhat of my personality style. If I'm an optimistic person and I'm positive, you know, I'm going to think the best about the bears or, you know, or whatnot, right, right. Or, or, or I think that it's, it's primarily because of my knowledge maybe that I know about bear attacks and whatnot, or that I feel confident in my own ability to protect my kids or something like that, or right. I have been influenced by somebody else as opposed to, or, or, or not including though you saying, I also have an inherent perspective style that is Certainly. new to me. Yeah, that is, that is new to me. And before I even dig into the styles, I wanted to ask you to differentiate because you do inherit from inherited. Right, right. So we say you're the way you, the way you perceive is innate. You were born with it. So just like your, uh, I don't know, you, you inherit maybe your eye color or your hair right. color, but it came as part of who you are. Um, and we believe it's the way your brain is wired. So when you think of it this way, we see perception as sort of a three-step process. Um, okay. It happens in a nanosecond, but the three steps are basically you take in information through your five senses. So those are the facts that you're, you're sensing. And the five senses are taste, touch, smell, uh, sight, and hearing. Now, if you have access to all five senses, uh, research says that we get like 75% of our input through sight, 20 through yeah. hearing, and taste, touch, and smell kind of round it out, right? So all that information, just pause for a moment and think of what your senses are picking up in any given moment. It's overwhelming. And if we went about our days without any kind of filter, our brains wouldn't know what to do with all of it, right? So that's right. where perceptual style comes in. So we say there's an innate filter that you were born with that your brain uses to make meaning of all of that data that it's getting from your senses. So it's, it's that first filter that says, what's important? What's unimportant? What should I pay attention to? What does it mean to me? How do I take action based on this? But there's a, there's a next, there's a third step and that's your brain also validates with your own life experience. So life experience is extremely important. We're not just, you know, a bunch of it's, it's actually life experience is what makes us all very unique, right? We may have similar ways of seeing the world and we may share the same innate perceptual style, but your life experience is going to be totally different than mine. And that's going to add the flavor of how we take action in the world. What's been true before, what's not been true. Your brain literally says it validates the action you're going to take based on, did it work for me before? Did it not? Is this new? Do I need to hold the spot to remember this? You know, it's that type of thing. So those three things are happening so quickly in order for us to make meaning of what's happening around us and also to take action. I, I want to go right there because so on that, on that propensity that I have, mm -hmm. oh, no, no, uh, that, that in that innate inherit. So I came out of the womb and I had a, a, a perspective style is what you're saying. Right. And you actually, 
a profile that you can go through to figure out uh, your your uh, your perspective style. Two things on that. I mean, one, would you say it's true? I mean, it, I mean, isn't it true that a lot of that though, my perception style, I'm going to perceive something some way and I'm going, like you said, I'm going to validate it. It, makes, it gets me thinking of confirmation bias. I'm going to think of all the things to support uh. that, which is why it's difficult then when I hear somebody else who saw the same thing, experienced the same thing and going, that's not what I saw. It's not what I'm, what I experienced. And my first thought is a, it's almost a self it feels like a self-protective aspect. Like it's, it's, it's a threat. I think that's the word I'm getting to Linda Ross uh-huh. is it's, a, it's almost a threat for you to see it somewhere. Cause I hear you putting a spot positive spin on it. Like say, no, I want to hear how you perceived it as well. And I'm thinking, right. gosh, I, I'm admitting that I think a lot of times I'm, I'm feeling self-protective of mine. And if you share something that differs, Go ahead. Yes. No, no, no. It's perfect. I love where you're going with this because here's the deal. Wouldn't it be really incongruent if you didn't think your way of seeing the world was the right way? Sure. It'd be very disconcerting. Yeah. Right. So all of us believe that the way we see it is the right way. And no matter how much you know about perception and no much, no matter how much you use our tools or any other tool, the point is, is that you're always going to be grounded in what you see and what's right for you. All it does is by understanding that there is a different way of seeing it, it doesn't make your way wrong. It just makes it that there's a difference and it keeps you from assuming that everybody sees things exactly the same way you do. Maybe you need to help them along to see what you need them to see. I mean, optimism is one of my favorite examples because some people are naturally optimistic. They're poster children for it. They believe that everything is, you know, there's possibility and opportunity and we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Okay. And sometimes they need to share that optimism with people for whom that is not natural. And so what you're doing is inviting them to see things the way you see things so that they can hold on to that so that that it can help them in that moment. Right. So we share the way we see things to help other people as opposed to, yes, I am putting a positive spin. It's also the cause of conflict. You know, when we try and make each other see things the way it's not going to happen. Um, and I'll tell tell you, we believe that there are unresolvable conflicts and the reason it is, is I'm never going to see it and experience it the same way you do. Yeah. You mentioned that. Let's just agree. Irreconcilable differences, which I was told recently, uh, I was told by a therapist, gosh, some big percentage of divorces. And that's just ultimately what they come down to. It wasn't some significant, you know, somebody had an affair or somebody did whatever. It was just that, just what you said, irreconcilable differences. Exactly. Well, so this would call us to understanding uh, the, um, the differences. I'm still interested, Linda Ross, and I want your perspective on the propensity for my perspective to not be just a, a, a natural benign perspective, but how much do you think that it is influenced by self-protection? I mean, I, and I'm looking at that, you know, psychology wide that we so, so often tend, our psyche is so uh, inherently built on self-protection somewhat. We just did a show with uh, a palliative care doctor and he talked about when, you know, when he gives that end of life 
diagnosis and says, you're, you know, here's a finite time. You've got a year to live or right. six months. How we leave, he sees people leave this self-protective nature and they kind of open themselves up in a way they never have. And of course, his call is to say, okay, how about let's, let's try to do that earlier before we get the end of life diagnosis to realize right. we're living from self protection. So when now we're talking about perception and perception style, I'm curious about how much of my perspective is biased unconsciously because I'm just built to self-protect, to protect myself. What do you think? Oh, I think it's a, I'm actually giving it some serious thought here. Um, Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Friends, I'm pretty candid about my lack of financial prowess. Money and numbers are fairly Greek to me, so I need a lot of guidance. One of my closest friends is a wildly successful wealth manager, and I'm working on some financial literacy and just continually seeking guidance. So I ask you to check out yahoofinance.com. Nobody knows it all on Yahoo Finance is a, an incredible resource for the rookies like me or the seasoned investors. You know, before my dad passed away recently, Dave Ramsey and his wife, Sharon, flew down to visit. We all got to spend a day together. And I was at yahoofinance.com just now. I saw multiple news flashes from Dave and other people that you respect. And they're hitting so many of the hottest areas in finance today. So it's a place to get a snapshot of all aspects of your financial interests. And if you have them, your portfolios. I hadn't realized Yahoo Finance is the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. So for your comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. One more time. YahooFinance.com. I live high up in the Rocky Mountains where the air is clean and fresh as possible, but then I step indoors and I'm breathing in untold amounts of toxins and allergens from paint and carpet and cleaning chemicals and pets and furniture and appliances and mold and so on. Studies show the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air anywhere you are. And in some places it's a hundred times worse than that. Well, the solution is to get an air purifier and air doctor is just the best out there. It filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen and pet dander and dust mites and mold and even bacteria and viruses so your lungs don't have to try to do that. 
Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com. You can use the promo code Kevin. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get the special deal, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin. I think it's an interesting perspective on it. I, I, my initial reaction is yes, we all do. Um, ego is important, right? And understanding your ego and having, having access to an awareness of and control of your ego is very important. But I would say whenever human beings are faced with something new or something challenging, the first thing is to look to self. And it's whether or not that look, you can feel open enough and strong enough in what you know to be true for you to be willing to hear something else. And I think that's the part. I think that a lot of the reason we feel challenged is a fear. I think there was something... I, I believe it. I believe I read it in your book. It's like the fear of being wrong, the fear of not, not succeeding sometimes causes us to not take action. Right. Yeah. And that same thing. What if the way I see something is wrong? Hmm. Um, we get told that a lot, right? Um, you, when, as we're growing up, as we're developing, And even in adulthood, there are so many people and situations where uh, people are glad to tell you what you're missing and what you need to improve on and why you should improve. And so people don't necessarily feel comfortable in what their own strengths are. So what I would say is that it's not as challenging if you're really comfortable with who you are and you feel validated about how you how you see the world. Um, which is why we use, we're from, I'm, I'm a firm believer in strength-based coaching, strength-based everything. I call it stand in your strengths. Because if you understand your strengths and you feel kind of rooted and grounded in them, then new things are just interesting or an adventure or, you know, a possibility. They're not a threat and they're not something that you're afraid of. But if you're not comfortable in your own foundation, then you may be willing to listen to every person that tells you you need to improve something else. Now, do we all have weaknesses and blind spots? You betcha. I mean, we're human, yeah. right? So nobody's perfect. But you need to put your weaknesses and blind spots in perspective and really adjust those that help make you more comfortable as you as opposed to go after chasing things that someone else tells you you need to be able to do. Yeah. You're, you're, we're a threat. That's, that's standing out. And gosh, I'm going to reference somebody else. And I do want to give credit where credit's due. When I was talking about the palliative care doctor, that was Jordan Grummet. So uh, folks, if you heard me reference that, we did that series with him recently. And you also right there, Linda Ross, remind me of uh, Andy Norman. He wrote the book, Mental Immunity. And he talks about beliefs and how 
we go awry when we take that belief and we don't have it out here as a, a standalone belief, but we've attached it to our self-image. So that's when it gets dangerous because now we're fighting for it out of threat in essence, like you talked about, right. as opposed to, and this is where I'm coming to now because yeah, if I am confident, I wrote, you said that earlier and I wrote that down. If I am confident, I shouldn't be threatened by your different perspective. And a matter of fact, I should say, Hey, the bear came out of the woods and here's how I, here's how I perceived it. Let's set that on the table. I'm confident enough to do that though. And I want you to set yours on the table. Tell me about it. How did you experience that and not be threatened? That is not my natural style, Linda Ross. Uh, no. That is not, I don't think that's humanities either, but that's a, no, that's it isn't. a yeah, it isn't, but it's, it's a, it's, it's an awareness that you can, if you have the awareness, then you can catch yourself and you can decide when's, when's the time that you want to invite that other information in. And once a time, you're just gonna say, Hey, follow me. This is what we need to do right now. You know, trust me, this is going to happen. So, I mean, we're not all going to walk around saying, how do you feel today? And what's your perspective? But in different situations, you can take it, take that breath and go, ah, different perspective. Now, I, the way I use it in my own life a lot, it, that the way it helps me is I'll be doing something. Oh, let me just use my husband as an example. Uh, we're different styles, obviously. Um, and he'll do something that sort of pushes one of my buttons. And then I sit, I just will think to myself, wait a second. Did, let me just step back for a moment. I was, I was focusing down this trail and he's got a different idea. Let me find out what it is. And it just keeps me from, you know, blindly <laughs> pushing my way through a particular argument. Um, yeah. There's also, you know, so so it's a helpful tool that way. Like, okay, let me just stand back for a second and hear what there is to hear. Will it change my mind? Maybe not. Yeah. Well, yeah. but it, but it may even that even if it's even if it doesn't change your mind, even if it's still an understanding. I mean, from a relational standpoint, it's, it's still, still so an understanding. Yeah, and my gosh, we're in a culture right now that is so polarized. We take any. <sighs> possibly, you know, it's some of it's hard to even say there was an objective reality that ever exists, but let's say that there was, and all we do is polarize and we don't even hear from the people in the trenches. We often hear from the paid gunslingers to just argue that side. And there's no exactly. consideration. Exactly. I, and with social media, I feel like, yeah, we, we are, we're headed the wrong, the, the other direction from what you're talking about here. And it's, it's significant. You know, I also, and I want to get into the specific person, uh, perspective styles. I'm also interested as you're talking about right now, I mean, we have, you know, the objective reality happens. Let's say we have our perspectives. What's your experience with those perspectives changing over time as well? Because the perspective that I had might've told the story about this event is going to change five years from now. It's going to change 10 years from now that's really interesting to me as well that our perspective because we change and so it may not even just be a memory issue it may be literally no now i perceive it different because i have different information i have i've evolved hopefully hopefully i've matured or maybe i'm not maybe i've de devolved in whatever but either way that our perspectives can change in and of ourselves over time what are your thoughts well I believe we believe with that your perception, how you perceive doesn't change. It stays with okay. you for life. You were born the with style. It. the yeah. style, but your understanding of it 
and the depth of which you use it changes over time because it's enriched by your life experience. It's enriched by understanding it. The more you understand and are aware of how you perceive, the more you can use it in your everyday life. Okay, so it grows. So does your life change? Yes, I am a totally different person than I was when I was 20. But I will tell you that the fundamental ways I make meaning of the world around me are still the same. I'm still a dyed-in-the-wool optimist, always have been. I mean, it just, it permeates what I do. Now, have my life lessons made me wiser? Oh, yes. Have I done some really, you know, silly things as we all have? Yes. But the point is, is that the fundamental way I approach life hasn't changed. My wisdom and the more knowledge that I've gained over time allows me to do it with, I would say, more ease and comfort. And I don't feel like I'm sort of, you know, running into walls, right? And it's also that understanding that other people see it differently than I do, and that's okay. So yeah. then I can explore that. So that's a way, that's a way of, of using it to your advantage. But we don't think your perception changes over time. What, okay. what you know and the skills you develop definitely, definitely change over time. So if I can put that in layman's terms, that so X, X happens, the, the bear comes out of the woods. My perception style is going to have me experience it a certain way. That's probably not going to change dramatically. Even if I have better understanding over the years and five years later, I tell the story with a little bit of a different nuance, but right. five years later, another bear comes out of the woods. I'm pretty much like you said, if I'm you know an optimist or whatever, I'm going to think about it this way. And I want to pull out a statement out of your book. And you said, people believe their psychological style is based on their situation and it's changeable over time. And that's where you're saying it's, it's not your perception style is static. It is. It is. It's what you're born with. It's how you use it and how you grow it. Because what we believe there's a second piece to it. We believe that your natural strengths are a direct result of how you see the world, what your perception is. And that you're born with this incredible amount of potential that will take you a couple of lifetimes to be able to fully develop. So we're not going to touch all the things you have the potential to be just because of the way you see the world. Right. But while your natural reaction is always going to be like, woohoo, bear, this is fun. Let's go check it out. Pictures. Right. Over yeah. time. Life has taught you, hey, there's some cautions I maybe need to take my and, and you'll know my initial reaction is to go do this. But let me put these couple of things in place because I know that now. But you didn't know it before. But will you always see a new experience as Woohoo, this is interesting. Let's check it out. Yeah. Probably yes. But over time and with life experience, you're going to know when you want to temper yourself and when you want to jump in with both feet. Well, and in this sense, literally on that, if I have confidence in myself and I have care for my wife in this instance, right, right, then right. I'll be conscious of that and not just run out there and take the kids out with me. Okay, another, another, I'm going to pull out another statement, Linda Ross. Sure. Uh, the concept that one style will change from situation to situation is a cop out and allows us to avoid facing the concept of limitations, the concept that there are things that we will never do well. Okay, I uh, you hit a you hit a button for me on that. Good. Uh, 
Well, because so here we are. I mean, my call, my, my show is called Self Helpful. You know, when we're in the personal right. development business, and you often have uh, that concept of, "Hey, everybody out there, you're you can do anything. You're limitless." Yeah. And. I exactly. I can see your face right there. Yeah. We, we can't, I mean, we could do a lot of things poorly, but there's a finite amount of things that we can really do well. And we are not limitless. It's been that perspective. that's hurt me in thinking that I am limitless, limitless, no excuses. Uh, and that doesn't work. It led me to burnout in essence. And so right. you're saying that, you know, from your, from your studies here that even the concept that one style, so my perception style is going to change from situation to situation to allow me to do anything. It's not, and it's, it's, uh, gosh, in one way it would, it would almost sound like that's a limiting statement, but it's not, it's, it's in essence, it allows me to take a deep breath and go, take the pressure off. Doesn't it? It does. I think it's a freeing statement. Okay. You don't have to be all things to all people. You don't have to do all of these things. This is not a requirement. It's a, it's a choice, right? The thing is, is that we put way too much pressure on ourselves in society to be all, you know, be all that you can be and you can do yeah. anything that you put your mind to it. And, and I won't disagree that you can put, if you put your mind to something, you can do anything that you really focus on but at what price and to what degree of quality yes okay and so that's the issue isn't it better to look back and say here are the things that i know i can do really well here are some things that are challenging i'll focus on trying these few but isn't it nice that there are other people around me who, who have natural ability in these areas let me call on them for that i i don't have to be alone I mean, it comes back to the thing that as human beings, we were created to function in community. We don't. I mean, we, we wither in isolation. Uh, what is it? Um, I think it's Robert Waldinger. They, he was one of the authors of The Good Life. Have Are you familiar yeah. with that? The Happiness Study him. at Harvard? Yeah, okay, we have, yeah. No, we have him right here. Yeah. I, I love that book. But one of the, his lines I love is, isolation is toxic. Yeah. And it is. And so... Well, how, how do we best function in community? It's be with collaboration and cooperation. Well, what does that mean? It means everybody's bringing something to the table. We're not all bringing the same thing. So it comes back to limitations. And the, the bottom line is, as human beings, we don't like to be told we can't do something yeah. or that we won't be able to master it or whatever. And the reality is, is that there's so much that you can do. Why focus on the limits? Focus on what you do naturally well and build things around that. Build your career and your life and your relationships about what you do really well, as opposed to what you think is missing or somebody else tells you you need to go achieve. Yeah. Okay. So in that frame of reference of we can't do anything or not limit or we can't do anything well and use the word mastery. Yeah. I right. can go after. And if I really had to become an accountant or deal with numbers, could I do it? Well, as you said, the cost would be very high because it is very not inherent to me, that skill and, and understanding right. numbers. Uh, and there's no way I would le reach the level of mastery of somebody who is got an inherent strength, you know, exactly. in that. So to take that then and to say my actual perceptions of life are, can I use the word hardwired? I mean, inherent, they're, they're hardwired right, into me. They're hardwired. Mm -hmm. 
they're not going to change. That should dictate. That should dictate my understanding. Yeah. Of what I am going to be comfortable with, what I can have mastery in, what I am going to be inspired by, what I'm going to be depressed by. If I know my style, which to get to those, you have six styles that you pull right. out and say, these are, again, I'm going to, I'm going to use the word just because we use it here on the show. A lot of hardwired, you say inherent, but right. you know, of hardwired, these are hardwired styles of these are your perspective styles. I'm so interested. I haven't done this yet. Uh, Linda Ross, I want to do it with my family. I want to do it with some of well, my friends. Yeah. Just to understand, okay, gosh, when something happens, no wonder so-and-so responds that way or reacts that way or has exactly. fear or has joy because they are naturally going to experience X this type of way. And I'll, I'll list them out real quick. You, it's uh, you're, you're the types that you have in there are activity, adjustments, flow, goals, methods, and vision. Um, I, I I don't normally get this granular in a topic like this, but because it's just so new, I still, I want to hear it personally. I mean, I've got the book. Uh, I've got the books on the shelf behind me. I'm, I'm reading. Thank you very much. Yes. Well, but give us, would you give me a snapshot of each, like uh, whatever the, 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 the quickest, you know, definition that you could give or understanding of those perspective styles. Is that fair? Can we do that? Yes, we can real quickly. So, We'll do it alphabetically because it's always easier. So activity. Yeah, I'm going to pull the book down and follow along. So activity. Okay. You have a, yeah. okay. All right. So activity. Um, activity. These are the people who make meaning in life through experience. They, they know that to understand something, they need to be fully engaged in it. Okay. So they're very experiential and they are, they're the people who will talk to strangers in a line, etc. because they're experiencing life. They tell lots of stories because they're sharing their experience and they want to share it in a way that you can experience it too. So very experiential. Our adjustments folks make meaning through life through observation. I want to, I want to ask a question real quick before we go to the next one. That was on activity because it was so interesting. And you just said that they gave, they do stories and they get, uh, I think maybe use the word detailed or something like that. So just in reading that, I'm looking at it, just trying to get a quick glance at myself. I'm thinking, nope, that's not me, man. I am not a storyteller. (laughs) I think you even say, is that the one actually may not. Oh yeah, you do. Uh, And there, it can be anecdotal, you know, and give examples. And, and that is not me. I've consistently, you know, will explain something and somebody will say to me like, oh, you, you just, you didn't tell me any of the story. You just went from A to Z. And so I'm looking at that and going, okay, the activity, that is not me. But I'm thinking about, I have a kid who I think that that's going to fit, that they tend to have that. And I, and I want to highlight for people so that you can see how you, uh, Linda Ross, how you guys have defined this. You talk about, yeah, even communication approaches, yes. conflict responses that was really significant for me to to uh to look at how you have put that within a perspective style key values like that for activity key values networking uh interrelating and belonging you know networking now i've highly value people i'm connected with but if you talk about networking in the sense of going to a social event and connecting with people i'm a fish out of water totally uncomfortable in that and so again this is helping me even by seeing what I am not. So activity is the first one. Yeah. And the second one adjustments, which even the title is interesting to me. So yeah, give me, give us an idea of, okay, somebody who has an adjustments perception style is going to see the world in what way? They're very objective. 
they see the world of all the styles. They see the most complexity, the interrelationship between people and environment and systems and things. They see ripple effects that other styles don't see. So they're great observers of the world, uh, very logical. Um, they are natural diplomats, uh, very uh, in tune to protocols because they're, they watch. And they usually have incredible depth of knowledge about the things that interest them because they keep looking and looking. They're natural researchers. They're natural mediators. Very fair. Um, it's often adjustments folks will say you would make the correct decision if you had all the right information. If you have all the information, the decision will be easy, right? Interesting. And again, you go through a yeah, communication approach, which in that one is sharing information with lots of details, um, conflict res response, negotiate and research key values, compromise, efficiency, consistency. So just so you know, this one was relatively high for me. It wasn't the, mm -hmm. it wasn't the highest. It had some aspects of that, which to that, I'm going to assume that you're going to say, even though these are inherent, these are these are styles, but that we're all not just one and one alone, that we may be on the spectrum of some others. Yes. Ah, well, I'm going to tell you that you're one and one alone, but there is a theoretical construct to how the styles are related. So if you if you picture a circle and it's a, yeah. a pie and you divide it into six pieces, every style has a place on that wheel on that pie. And based on the the placement, you have a style on either side of you. We call those neighbors and you'll yeah. have some high level commonality with your neighbors. You'll have a style directly opposite of you. Um, it'll be real obvious the oppositeness and, and the fascinating things is opposites attract as well as opposites repel, but it's a very unique feeling. And then there'll be two styles that aren't next door to you and aren't opposite. We call those one-offs and you'll have, a little more challenge relating with those people. Not that it's impossible. It's not, it's very easy to do, but it's like, there won't be that initial, like we kind of see things the same way at, at, at a high level, or they're obviously not opposite. What the heck are they talking about? So it's based on the relationship of where you are. So you can pick up some traits from a next door neighbor. That's right. not unusual at a high level. And usually when you're talking about it, that trait will be like, you both agree on what, but the how you go about doing it will be different because of what your perceptual style is. That's what was interesting to me is you talk about neighbors of looking and thinking about the people that I resonate with. You know, the, I just got back from a, an event, uh, an adventure with 12 other guys. Oh, and, wow. and I've got a couple different groups of people that I do stuff with. And some of them, I have close, intimate, individual relationships with some of them. Some of them, I enjoy them within the group, but I wouldn't hang out with them, you know, otherwise. Some of them, I just, I, I really am not close to at all. We just don't resonate. And this is, uh, I, I would love to have everybody with a t-shirt with their perception style. On. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna hit it off. We're gonna connect. And hey, love you, but you and I aren't gonna see eye to eye at all. And not at to, all. 
again, not, and not to use that as a cop out because sometimes we need to. I mean, right. in, you know, in sense to know, I, I, I shouldn't go that far and exaggerate or to polarize it to say, gosh, we are going to see things, you know, differently. So we're just going to need to be aware and sensitive to that if we were going to do something at an intimate level. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And so when we talk about, so your perceptual style, and we'll go through the rest of it in a second, but it impacts how you communicate, how you naturally deliver your message, what you naturally listen for, um, how, what motivates you, all sorts of things. But when it comes to communication, the really fun thing to do is if you have a, 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 a you know, just a basic awareness of the styles, and you learn just a few things about their default communication techniques. When you're speaking to someone, you can get a guess within one or two styles. I, I mean, you're not going to be right. You don't know. I mean, someone's perception is internal to them, so we don't know. But we can hear the types of words they're using or the types of questions they're asking. And we can see how they're listening, you know, the listening mannerisms that they're taking on. And from that, take a guess and adjust what we're saying to see if it resonates more with them. Yeah. Choose a different word set or looking at someone and it's like, ah, they need more context. Let me give more context or, oh, wait a second. I've just said way too much. Let me back off and take a breath. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that opens up a great point because we're talking about the differences and how we perceive an event that happens, say, over here and we both witness it. But right. you're bringing it into... I have the ability to influence somebody, as you said, by the way I deliver a message. So if I've right. got one of my kids here who is a, you know, activity perception style for me to know, okay, they're going to receive what I say in a certain way, as opposed to this kid whose goals perception style and further, if I'm know who I'm talking to and I understand this, I can adjust as you said, how I deliver this so that they do receive it in a different way. And I'll, I'll never forget, uh, Linda Ross, my, uh, my oldest son, there was a, a task I had him doing and I'm a results kind of focused person. Hey, here's what I want you to do. And he says, well, how, I don't know. I just want this result. You figure it out. That's not his style. He likes, uh, he, he wants, what are the steps to do it best? I want to know right. those steps and you know be assured that i get the result man that is not my style so i have exactly. to well i shouldn't say i have to i get the opportunity to understand that and say okay if i'm going to meet you here then this is i need to i need to fill out those steps or i might have you why don't you go talk to your other brother who already did this and they've got some steps because it's just not what i do which is actually how i i deal with business uh in management i am not a good manager i'm not a good delegator so i have a partner and they he does that uh does that part Perfect. for me because i'm but it's still understanding well it will be better as i understand the perception style and again that's been exactly. a, a, a key area i haven't understood okay When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Yeah, so that's why we think it's a great tool for that. So let's, okay, so we, we left off with adjustments. Yeah. So yeah. let's do flow. Uh, okay. So flow people see the world as things are being interrelated with everything depending on and supporting other things. They're very people oriented. So they really see the ripple effects and complexities in people and their feelings and community. These are the folks who naturally hold community together. They're like the glue uh, because they are naturally empathetic. They are great listeners. They are people aware and therefore they see ripple effects they pick up on things that some of the rest of the styles will just naturally miss because they're not seeing yeah. it um and they tend to have a perspective that the world is in perfect working order now it doesn't mean i don't mean that literally but that given time we can work these things through there's a way that we can make it happen if we follow honestly the natural flow of things we can make it there they tend to be um, great advocates for people and environment because they see all of the interconnectivity and the relationships between them. So it, don't, it's, don't ever it, assume that flow people are soft. They are not. Okay. <laughs> they can be. <laughs> it's so interesting. Uh, I'm going to be uh, tomorrow spending the day with uh, a handful of these, these guys and the one who is the He's kind of the ringleader. He's a catalyst. He's the one who brought it. He's the common denominator for all of them. That's him. I'm going to bring the book. And as we drive tomorrow, uh, that he is, I mean, that's him. He's flow. I mean, you go through the highlights. He creates community, um, instinctive, instinctively advocates for shared values and objectives, uh, conflict responses, harmonize, deceit, consensus. I mean, this is just him to a T. So oh, how right. interesting. So we'll, we'll be talking about that on the drive uh, tomorrow as well. So that's it. flow. All right. Next one is goals. Tell us goals. about goals. So goals people see the world as obstacles and problems and challenges to be solved and resolved and met. Okay. There, there's no time like today to solve whatever problem we've got. Right. So they're very quick to judge um, because they sort of see through things. They take, they realize there are, you know, the world's complex, but they think people make it overly complex, right? So let's simplify it. These are the types of folks who are amazingly good at creating um, stability out of chaos, being able to sort of look at something and say, unimportant, important. These are the priorities. This is, if we do this, then these other things will fall in place, okay? They're naturally competitive, not in, uh, I mean, they can be overly competitive, but in the sense of, if they're doing something for themselves, like I was able to do this run in X amount of minutes this time, tomorrow I'm gonna to do it in 30 seconds less, and then 30 seconds after that. It's like setting goals and achieving them. Great achievers tend to not start anything that they can't finish, okay? They know they're gonna finish. So um, they're very decisive, and they see the world as you know more black and white. Yeah. 
That one is very, that one, well, and I'm going to give it away. I won't say anything yet. I'll wait till we finish and then I'll talk about where I saw myself falling in these. Okay. So that's goal. So hopefully, hopefully everybody heard that one. Next one is methods. This is number five. Methods. This is the fifth one. Methods. methods. So methods, people see things as the world is rational and everything is rational and, and they see an objectivity. So they know that things are complex, but they, they know that they can break the most complex thing down into simple, repeatable, reliable steps to get things done. These are the folks who, have, who make lists and actually keep them. They're reusable, okay? They, they, they're incredibly good planners. They're natural bargainers. It's amazing because they have a sort of an intuitive knowledge of value. They make an assessment of value. Uh, great researchers, they deal with the facts. They deal with the facts to the extent that sometimes people think they don't have emotions and that would be a real um, mistake to assume. It's that they have all the same emotions, we all do, but it's not unusual for them to say, how you feel about it right now isn't important. It's these are the facts we need to deal with. So how does that, how does how you feel about it fix the fact that we have a flat tire? It doesn't. So, you know, what do we need to do? Okay. Yeah. I, I resonate with that piece of that. It's, it's so interesting though. Yeah. I love going through the highlights because it should be, I feel like fairly obvious to people where they fall. And, and again, I'm so curious to have other people in my life do this so I can, I mean, some of them I can guess right now and go, gosh, right. I wouldn't, I'm going to guess this is your style, but okay, well then let's go to the next one, which is uh, vision. Yeah. Last but not least is vision. Uh, so vision people see the world of possibilities and opportunities. They use their intuition a lot. Um, sort of like, it's not unusual to hear them say, I have a gut feel that this will work. Um, they're, they're moving forward. They're very future oriented. And so part of the reason for the, the name, the tag vision is that they usually have a fairly, I would say, broadly defined vision of where they're going, what they're doing, what they want to accomplish on and at any given moment. You know, they're not the ones to necessarily have a three year plan and a five year plan, but they've got an idea in their head and it's got fuzzy edges, but they'll get there. Uh, they're also very decisive, but they make decisions in order to move forward and they'll change their minds tomorrow if the facts show up that don't support whatever their decision was yesterday. So they're very situational. They see life as an adventure and opportunity and something to be part of. Well, again, it's interesting going through them all together because right. if hadn't if I took any one in a segment, you know, there's pieces of each one that I align a little bit with, but I would, my, my past as in my lack of awareness, Linda Ross, my, of my own self-awareness, I would have said, I would have heard, I could have heard you say, uh, define the goals perception style and go, Oh, that's who I am. But in truth, I'm not, it's vision. Uh, fits me, even as you say, it's, it's a little more broad based, you know, they've got goals, they got, but right. it's a little, it's a little more. I've learned that that's who I am, but I thought I was the other and it really caused me some heartache. That's of interest to me too. If we yeah. perceive ourselves a certain way of a certain style or think maybe we should because of an exterior influence, an external influence, uh, and, and miss it, we're going to be, we're, we're going to cause ourselves heartache, uh, obviously in understanding 
your style, it gives me, my first feeling is it gives me some grace for myself. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. It's not unusual. We, we hear people say like, oh, I feel validated or finally somebody understands me or did you talk to my mom? Um, but it gives you some grace like, yeah, this is who I am. And oh my gosh, it's validated. This is a, I mean, there are other people who see things the same way I do. So, and, and the reason I say that is because there are six styles. The studies we have say there aren't any differences between, you know, gender or culture or race. It's just six kind of randomly, but equally spread across the world. Right. Right. So that means in your daily life, there's an 84% chance that the people you're dealing with have a different style than you do. So you're surrounded by people with different styles. Right. And so it's very likely that your parents have a different style than you do that you know it, it's the point is is that people who influence in our influence us in our lives don't necessarily see things the same way they don't have the same style so they may tell us a certain way of being or a certain way of doing is very important and we don't understand until later that the what the objective of what they wanted us to do is something that's comfortable but the how they wanted us to go about doing it didn't feel right yeah you know, the, the aspect of validating continues just to surface for me as we talk about that, just in me saying that grace for myself, validating myself. If I understand my style, I can have more grace, understanding and compassion and uh, consideration for how I perceive things. And exactly. I, I would say there's a lot of people who probably vilify how they perceive things. They think it's yes. wrong, especially in relation to somebody else who may have invalidated them, that this is a place to understand your style and make peace with it. And be, I guess back to what we said, be confident in that. Exactly. And, and then similarly for someone else too. How can I do that for somebody else? Validate their style as well. It's a significant relational tool, obviously. It's, That's why oh, it, it's huge. But the first, the first step, it, like you said, is giving yourself the grace, being comfortable with who you are, feeling good about it, right? Because only, only if you feel good about you can you feel good about other people. There's nothing yeah. left. You know, if you want to reduce a feeling of competition or irritation with other people, it's like feel comfy with who you are first, and then you can allow them to be them. I'm, I am interested, and we talked about this word at the beginning of our talk about the word of threat, that anytime I feel a threat from somebody else's shared perception, that should be, I feel like I want to say it's, it should be a red flag to me of yes. it, because it sh I shouldn't, if I'm confident in my, in myself, it shouldn't be a threat. I should have what I see in you, honestly, Linda Ross is not a threat, but a curiosity. Right. Is that fair? I think it's very fair. Uh, you know, I, I am fascinated by people. All right. And, and I have an ultimate belief and hope and faith in, in people. And, um, I think life is way too short to not enjoy it. Right. And so if you're constantly seeking and you're not able to just have moments of joy, hmm, you're kind of not, you know, that journey is just going to be really wearing and it's going to be the, Oh, I wish I could have at the end. So it's just, hmm. it's, I it's do. I want to land on, on one piece. Um, sure. 
And you mentioned it before, and I, and I, but I wanted to give it focus. I didn't want to derail where we were before, but I want to come back to it and, and land here. You say your perception style is the foundation of all your natural skills. Right. That's unique. I, w- I want you to unpack that for me. Sure. So what, what, what the concept is here is that because of how you see the world, there are going to be things that come naturally to you because it's okay. congruent with how you see the world and how you make meaning. Um, and because of that, now, none of us are born being able to do skills all, you know, so every skill takes learning, right? But the, the thing is, if, if the skill is aligned with how you see the world, then it's gonna be easier for you to learn it in the first place. It's going to continue to grow. The more you use it, the richer and deeper and better it gets. And it's going to become part of the total repertoire of who you are. So there's a, now coming back to limitation, there is a very large, large repertoire of skills that are natural for you and that you have the potential Mm -hmm. to excel at because of how you see the world. But it's finite. It's associated with you know, so that there are some skills yeah. that aren't in your mastery toolbox and you can go do them, but at a price. We call those acquired skills. It, okay. Okay. So it, let me. Yeah, please. I was going to say just a distinction between acquired and, and natural. So natural, it's in alignment with how you see the world because of your perception it's easier for you to learn and to excel at, and it grows over time. Acquired is foreign to your natural repertoire, right? You can learn how to do it, but it's tough. You, it takes focus, right? It takes a lot of focus and that you must focus whenever you're doing it. So you can build that skill to a high quality, but what we all do with acquired skills is we build them to the quality that we need and that's it. And then every time we have to do it again, we pick it up, dust it off and redo it to that, you know, have to relearn it a little bit. So we all have natural and we all have acquired skills because you can't get through life without acquiring some skills either because people that are important to you told you to, but more often because it's what life presented to you. And that skill needed to happen and it fell on you to do it. Okay. And we all can think of yeah. skills that we have that we go, yeah, I worked on that really hard. I learned how to do that. I did it reasonably well and I'm glad I don't have to do it all day long. That's a good sign, you know? Totally. So a natural skill, the joy is in the doing. And with an acquired skill, the joy is when you're done. That. Okay. What I find myself thinking of is overlapping, not overlapping, I guess, helping me understand. So we had Patrick Lencioni on the show um, last year. His latest book is called Working Genius, and you can take a profile there. And it is to help you to understand your style of, you know, vocationally. So workinggenius.com, folks, you can, people can go there. And mine, my working uh uh, genius is, is go back to the visionary thing. It's like to, you know, to create something it's, it's one, Uh he he has it as wonder. Like I like to, I see something, I see an opportunity, right? Blank, blank sheet of paper and let me create a structure. 
And that's how I perceive life. I see, yeah, I see an issue. I see an opportunity. I have a vision for it uh, to go to your style. And I want to create a framework. That's what I'm great at. That's how I perceive things. I, I, again, I just thought it was just, I, you know, it's just the makeup of who I am. You're helping me understand. No, that's how I perceive the world. So that right. fits there. That's what I pursue. That's what I have gained mastery in. But then to also understand the, you know, what it doesn't include. So like to go back to your, some of your other styles, because right. he talks about, uh, wonder was my number one with the working genius. My least was tenacity, which was finishing. Right. You know, I, I want to go after something. I've got a vision. Let's get us started. I'm, I'm brilliant at that. I get us started. I get us going. I am not a finisher. And I have looked at that. It's hard not to look at that negatively right? and, and to give myself grief for that. But again, I can come back here and look at the person or at the perception styles and have better understanding for that. And what I'm learning now in my awareness is how to deal with that. So if we're going to go after X, Y, Z and do that, man, I can get us started. I need to partner with, delegate with something, you know, I need to be aligned with somebody who's a finisher, who's on yes. board and is a finisher. And yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. Well, so Linda Ross, this is, is significant. Yeah, as you, you can see, I'm excited about it. That's why I wanted you on the show. It's opening up new understanding uh, and awareness. I'm eager to use it for my myself. I really am enamored with the concept of threat when I hear a perception, you know, uh, somebody else's perception to not be threatened, to welcome it as you, I see you do that, welcome it with curiosity and what a gift that will be to validate my own perspective style, to validate somebody else's perspective style, but then to also, I love that. That's why I wanted to end on it to understand how it relates to my natural skills. That's a connection point. I just didn't see, uh, and I'm excited about that. So I just thank you for coming on. I will be in the intro. I'll tell everybody about uh, where they can go take the actual, uh, you know, test profile that you've created to understand mm -hmm. theirs though, getting the book and even reading through just the, the quick chapters on each style, I think will help everybody get a little more understanding of themselves and of others. So I just, I'm grateful for the work you've done. And thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Linda Ross Vega and Gary Jordan's book again is Unlock the Power of Your Perception. Uh, in the next episode, I'm going to be bringing on a special co-host to get their perception on perception styles. Friends, thank you for tuning into Self Helpful, where I curate the sea of new personal development materials and help you integrate wisdom into your life because we all want to elevate our own experience and improve the way we show up for others. 